This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. How are we doing, guys? Good? Let's get ready. Let's just open up with prayer tonight. Father, we just thank you for this time that we have with you and the opportunity to come before you, come before your word. And Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that as your word comes forth tonight, that it will fall on good ground, the good soil in our hearts, Lord, and that it will spring up and produce a return in our lives. Lord, I thank you that as the word comes forth, it has the power to heal us. And so, Father, I just declare that tonight, Lord God, as we reach out by faith, Lord God, to receive your word, that we also receive our healing, Lord God. Father, we just declare that nothing aimed at us, no distraction can, can, can keep us from receiving from you tonight. And Lord, we just ask you to have your way, uh, both in this time together and in our lives, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's hold our Bibles up. Uh, and let's make our confession. If you don't have a Bible and you use a smart device, let's hold that up. If you don't have either, we do have free Bibles in the back. Um, or you can hold up your hand in faith. It, it's just what we do in healing class, right? So let's, let's say it all together. Say, this is my Bible. Y'all sound like the weather now. Come on, guys. I, I don't like the cold weather either. See, look at Miss Mickey. She's loud there. Come on, let's say it together like we mean it. Say, this is my Bible. It's God's word to me. It strengthens me. It refreshes me. It's medicine to me. And I love to read my Bible. All right, let's say it one more time. Say, this is my Bible. It's God's word to me. It's going to strengthen me. It's going to refresh me. It's going to heal me. And I love to read my Bible. You know, I, I emphasize that so much, guys, because I learned through this class that the word of God, when you place it in its rightful position in your life, it has the power to change your current situation. You don't have to stay in the situation you're currently in. The word of God can change anything and everything, and it will. You know, I think back to my own journey when I, when I first came uh, to the church, and I, I remember my first time in healing class. I, I was right down the hall in the South Lobby, only it wasn't the South Lobby at that time. It was Classroom 101. And I, I remember the time uh, so well because during that time, I came in with a lot of baggage. You know, I was emotionally spent. You ever been there? I was spiritually depleted. You ever been there? And I had things going on in my body. And I remember going in, sitting in the back, didn't know if all of this healing stuff really worked, didn't really have a strong, strong, strong grasp on, on the fact that the word of God is true for me in this area. But I sat in that class faithfully. Can I tell you something? If you will commit to staying in an environment where the word of God's coming forth, where your faith can be encouraged, in an atmosphere where people are telling you all the good things that God will do for you, I guarantee you your life will be changed. But you've got to take this first step and be faithful and stay committed to being in an environment where the atmosphere is charged with faith. Why? Because the Bible tells us that as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another. One of the reasons my faith began to grow was because I sat in this class and I listened to others teach it and teach about the goodness of God in the area of healing. Talk about how God was still in the healing business, how God loved on them, how God healed them, how God lifted them up out of where they were. And, and you know what? God's no respecter of persons. If he did it for one, he'll do it for you as well. That's why I love him. He's so faithful, guys. And it's not just a one-time thing. You know, 
You might get healing for your foot today, and he may heal you of pneumonia tomorrow. Whenever you call upon him, he hears you, and he will heal you. I remember it so clearly, you know, how um, after weeks and months and, and really years, how God took me from a certain place and began to really explode on the inside of me. So much so today that when now when sickness tries to come against me, I'm like, no, you can't stay. Why? Because now I have a revelation of God never intended for me to walk around carrying sickness. See, I think that's one of the things where all of us struggle. We have categories. We have some categories where we're like, ah, I can live life with these things. I'm a diabetic, you know, and they give me drugs to manage it. Or, you know, I, I can live with this ailment here. You know, I got bad sinuses, but they give me medication to deal with this. And you have, the, you have the big category over here, you know, when people say like cancer or heart disease or whatever. Guys, God doesn't want us to have any of it. He wants us to be healed and whole through and through. And if you will trust him, he'll do that for you. I love uh, Malachi 3.6 here in your notes. It says, for I am the Lord and I do not change. Why is that important? Well, what happens is, is when you sit in an environment like this and you hear stories in the scripture or you hear testimonies of Miss Joy and Miss Janet or Derek or, or anyone else, what happens is, is the same God who moved on their behalf, the same God who moved in, in their, their bodies is the same God who wants to do the same for you. Does that make sense? He is the God who does not change. That's why I encourage people, get in the Gospels, read the stories, read every detail of the stories. Why? Because if he did it for them, you're a candidate for him to do the same thing for you. Guys, that's encouraging. That is encouraging. There's a God that we serve, a God who we believe that wants to do the same miracles, the same signs in your body that he did for others. And he'll do that. He goes on to say, he goes, I am the Lord and I do not change, but I remain faithful to my covenant with you. That is why you, O sons of Jacob, have not come to an end. God has a, a covenant with us, a promise, an agreement with us that he will heal us, guys. And he's doing that for you and I. One of the things I learned in this class, and I made a note, it's kind of in, in my, um, I have a, a container of, gift, of, of index cards. What God has said in the past, he's still saying today. What God has said to the people in scripture in the past, he's still saying to me today. He doesn't change at all. He says, I am the God that healeth thee. Guess what? He's that God who still heals Jeff Peters. He's still the God who, who heals Kathy Overbeck. He's, he's still the God who heals Derek. He's still the God who heals Anne. He wants to do that for all of us. Why? Because he's a God who never changes. Does that make sense? I believe, guys, if we will actively make a decision to say, you know what, God, I believe you, I trust you, in spite of what's going on around me, in spite of how I feel, in spite of what they're saying, I trust you and go all out in that direction, God will begin to do something in your body and in your life. That's where faith comes in. And he's going to do that in our lives. Here's, here's three things, that, three areas that I really learned over the year, in, over my journey in the healing class. The very first one, the first thing is I learned what he said to all of us. In Jeremiah 30, 17, he says, For I will restore health to you, and I will heal your wounds, says the Lord. He says, I will restore, and I will heal. I love that. You know why? Because the God of the universe, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who created every detail, says, you know what? 
you're not not important for me to get involved. I love you above everything. And I will come and heal you and restore health to you. That is awesome, man. That is amazing to me. It kind of reminds me, and I have to put things in perspective. You know, several years ago, I worked for a company, and we, we uh, distributed med- medical supplies. And during Hurricane Ike, uh, when the city shut down and everything, somehow I got put on an essential workers list. And so uh, me and a small group of employees worked through the hurricane. Um, I actually drove a tractor trailer illegally to make deliveries, but that's neither here nor there anyways. Um, we made deliveries to the local hospitals to make sure they had supplies for all the patients that were sick in the area and everything. And uh, after Hurricane Ike passed and after some time passed, the CEO of our company wanted to come down and reward us. Well, well first he said, you know, we want to give them a reward. And then all of a sudden it became, no, no, no. I want to go down and give them a reward. And he came down, rewarded us with, some, uh, with a luncheon, gave us some monetary rewards, gave us some plaques and everything. And it meant the world because the the man who is the head of our company, who is probably the most busiest person in our company, took time to come and bless us. But guys, can I tell you, we have someone far greater than the CEO of the company that I work for, the God of the universe who hasn't forgotten about you, who wants to come into your situation and heal you and restore you. Does that make sense? He loves all of us. He loves us. And he wants to do that for us in our lives. And so always remember that, that he's saying this to all of us. The other thing that I found is, is he has a capacity to heal. I mean, his, his power is limitless. In Matthew 4, 23, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease among the people. All kinds. Every kind. I love that. So everything that we can come up with, God has an answer for. He has an answer for cancer. He has an answer for COVID. He, answer, he has an answer for diabetes an answer for skin ailments, for digestive issues. He has an answer for everything. Why? Because he comes to heal all diseases, guys. And so just because we get a diagnosis, just because something returns, doesn't mean it's out of the scope of what God can handle. He's a big God. I think sometimes what happens is is we put God in this box and we limit him based upon our limitations. And we can't do that. With God, you have to take the limits off. You have to believe the impossible. And he'll do those things for you and on your behalf. Stay in the Gospels. If you're at a place where you're like, yeah, that sounds good, but I'm not there, I challenge you. Get in the Gospels. Read those stories over and over and over and watch what happens to your faith. It'll begin to grow. It'll begin to explode on the inside of you. We've done... Um, I think all that we can, we source this out on that table. You know, we, we'll, we send uh, emails out and, and, and send recordings out week after week. But, but I have this saying in my house, I have this saying in the classes that I, that I do, and I say this, life change happens in the application. If you don't take the scriptures, 
and begin to apply them, begin to memorize them, begin to meditate on them, begin to get them on the inside of you, nothing's going to change. If you don't take the recordings and listen to them and listen to them and get them on the inside of you, nothing's going to change. And I'm speaking from experience. I've done it both ways. And what I found is, is when I've made a place in my life for the word of God and gotten it on the inside of me, and it's not just words in a book, but it's living word that now is on the inside of me, it has changed every single time I'm up against something when it comes to sickness and disease. I'll never forget in the hospital with pneumonia in serious pain. I had a 104 degree temperature. They couldn't get it down initially and they finally got it down. And the doctors are talking negative. This crazy nurse came in there. He was talking negative about blood clots and just really freaking me out. And I got caught up in their words for a while there. And then all of a sudden I, you know, snapped back and realized you teach in healing class. You can't be going down this path. And I remember when they left the room, I got my Bible. And I began to read the word of God and go over the scriptures about his healing presence, his healing power, his love for me, about how he breathes the breath of life. And I was like, wait, he breathes the breath of life into us. And in that moment, I wasn't able to breathe. And I remember saying, Lord, I thank you that just like you breathed the breath of life in us way back then, you can breathe breath of life into my lungs right now. You can clear out all the bacteria, all the fluid. And I just thank you, Lord, that you're the same God here in this hospital room. Well, before the doctors and everyone left, they, they told me that if that fluid and that bacteria hadn't drained, that they were going to have to go get this long needle and extract it the old-fashioned way. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen today. <laughs> and that's when I began to really get in the Word and really <laughs> renew my mind in this area. One hour later, they took me back down to the x-ray because my, my left lung was full of fluid and bacteria. One hour later, no trace of anything. What happened? Well, the Bible says the word of God proves true. But we have to believe it and we have to exercise it, guys. We have to. You got to have faith. And you got to exercise that faith. And that's all I did. And you know why I did it? Because I was committed to being in an environment like this week in and week out to learn from those who had a little bit more revelation than I did in this area to glean from them and then get to a point where I said, okay, God, now I'm ready to get in the game. I want to learn the word of God. I want to get it in my heart. I want to believe it the way they believe it. I want to speak about it the way they speak about it. And what happens? God's word is powerful, folks. It's active. It gets in there and begins to separate what's true and what's not true. And the stuff that's not true, it moves it out. But we got to get in the game. We got to get active with our faith. And if we'll do that, the power of God's released in our situation. Does this make sense, guys? Here's the other thing. I learned about his word. Proverbs 4.22 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to their flesh. The word of God is that powerful. I love the passion translation. It says, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. It's got to get down in you. 
What do I mean by that? What I mean is, is you get a bad diagnosis and the first thing that comes out is not doom and gloom, fear, but the first that comes up is, nope, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed because it's down in there. You ever got a stain? When my kids are little, my kids are in their 20s now, but when they're little, I banned Cheetos from our house. Why? Because these little fingers would touch our furniture and it would get down in the fabric and I don't care what we would use, it would just stain the furniture. It just drove me mad. Why? I mean, it would just get down in there. And I remember calling the furniture manufacturer and he said, there's certain things that you just can't get out. It's permanent. And I thought, no more Cheetos. Guys, you know, we can get the word of God on the inside of us. So much so that no matter what comes our way, the word won't go away. That it's so much a part of us that it'll be the first response at all times and the only response. We want it to penetrate our spirits and get on the inside of us. How does that happen? Well, I believe it happens in two ways. First, you have to memorize. Remember back in elementary school when you did flashcards and and multiplication tables, which I think is the right way. Uh, They have this new math now, which makes no sense, but the old days was the right way. And you memorize your multiplication tables and you memorize all of those things. You remember those things? We did it just by going over it, right? And over it. Well, that's here. Then we have to meditate. Meditate on it so it gets here. And when it gets here, now you're in a place of, 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 of power. You're in a place where, where, where God wants you to be. Memorizing and meditating, not the same thing. But memorizing is a good first step. Then you want to meditate and get it on the inside. And God will do some things. So it penetrates deep into our spirit. It says, then as you unwrap my words... They will impart true life and radiant health into every core of your being. Guys, that's, that's like, you know, buy one, get one. You know, you're, you'll be believing God over here for him to heal your leg. And then all of a sudden, the doctor's like, hey, how are you doing with your di- diabetic medicine? You're like, oh, I haven't had the symptoms. Well, let's check, out, check you out. You know what? You don't need this medication anymore. The word of God works, guys. And I believe we're moving into a season where God wants to do some great and mighty things in our lives, in the church, and in your your life individually. And he'll do it. And don't let the enemy fool you into thinking, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. It's not about you. It's about him and his faithfulness and his goodness He is a God of his word. He doesn't go back. And here's the thing. If you mess up, we all mess up. The Bible says that a righteous man falls seven times and gets back up. We're going to fall. All of us. All of us. Dust yourself off. Lord, forgive me. And get back in there, guys. You may have a day where you're just down and, you know, maybe fear lands on you a little bit. But when you realize that fear is on you, Say, no, fear, you have to go. Get back in your word. Start going it over and over again. That, that's, that's real talk. We're going to have some days where we may struggle a little bit. But that's why you need to be in class. That's why you need to be in church. Why? Because as iron sharpens iron, we're going to influence one another. 
Does that make sense, guys? Inevitably, what's going to happen is, is I guarantee you, you're going to come in here with your head down and the Holy Spirit through a message is going to say something to you that's going to help you lift your head back up. I've gone to a pastor before and said, man, when you said this, it just helped me so much. And he's looked at me like, I don't even remember saying that. God knows what you need and he'll speak to your heart. Because he loves you. He loves us, loves us all. So what I wanted to do here as we close or get ready to close here is there's three stories that I love in scripture. Because I think one of the most important things in our journey, in our healing journeys for all of us, is we've got to draw near to God. We've got to come up close to God. What I found is, is anyone who was able to experience a healing miracle in their life, somehow they got up close to the Father. Somehow. He's not in a faraway God. He's not off over there. You know, he's not, you know, you know, we have these telehealth now where you have to get on the screen and talk to people. No, he's here up close if you will allow him to be. And it's in that proximity where people receive their healing. So I wanted to look at a couple of stories here. First one is my favorite of all. It's the woman with the issue of blood. I, I want to figure out a name to give her because they just call her the woman. But the story is so powerful. I think she deserves a name. But, you know, I'm not a writer of the scripture. So, But it's in Mark 5, 25 and 34. So I'm going to read it to you real quick and uh, we'll talk about it here. It says, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And it suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Now, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him. Now, here's the thing we can learn from this. It says she's dealt with this ailment for many, many, many years. Right? But there was something in her that kept her going. She wanted to be healed. She just didn't know how. There's one translation... I don't know if this is the one or not. That says she spent all of her money trying to get, get healed. You know, doctors couldn't figure it out. But she didn't give up. Can I tell you tonight? Don't give up. Don't give up. Dig in for the long haul. Why? Because the Lord has promised us a long, satisfying life. He has. And so you want to go all in. We, we just, we, uh, as a family, we just went on vacation this summer and, and, you know, it was such a blessing uh, for me and my wife because, like I said, all of my kids are in their 20s now. And this is the first time where I went to reach for the check and my kids were like, no, dad, let us pay. I thought, wow, I can get used to this, you know. But my daughter bought this expensive plate and she loves crab, crab legs and, and everything. She bought this. I mean, her dish alone cost more than the four of us over here. And I remember, you know, we're all finished. We're eating and we're sitting there watching her and we're thinking, are you really going to eat all of that? And her response was, is, well, yeah, I paid for it. I want it all. I want everything. Guys, can I tell you, in life, you ought to want everything that God has provided for you. Why? Because it's all paid for. Healing, peace, joy. You got to want it all. Why? Because he's providing it for us. It's been paid for. He's a good God. You're going to hear me keep saying that. He is a good God. So she heard about Jesus and she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing himself that power had gone out of him, turned around and said, who touched my clothes? 
But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who, uh, who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So here's a couple of things I wanted to point out. Verse 27 says, when she heard about Jesus, she came. She took action. Faith is action. She took action. When she heard about Jesus, she took action. So the the moment we learn that Jesus is a healer, we need to take action. We need to get in the scriptures. Lord, I need to know everything you you said about healing. Lord, Lord, you know what? I'm going to memorize these scriptures and get them on the inside of me. Lord, I'm going to meditate on these scriptures until they begin to penetrate everything in, 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 in my spirit. And then we don't stop there. When people come and say, how are you doing? Your words say, the Lord's at work in me, bringing about a healing and a cure. Now your words are lining up with what you've been memorizing, what you've been meditating on. Doctor comes and says, there's nothing else that we can do. Uh, But by the stripes of Jesus, I've been healed. And with God, all things are possible. Words are now lining up. You're taking action. You're tired. You're lethargic. You're, you're, You're at home. You want to stay in the bed. Well, a healthy person gets up. They move around the house. They do things. Healthy people don't just lay in the bed. You see what I'm saying? Your faith has to cause you to act. Healthy people get up. They come to church. They, get, they come to church not because of a person. They come to church because they want to be with the Lord. Action. We can learn from her. She dealt with this for 12 years, but when she heard about Jesus, she took action. The second thing in verse 34, he says, your faith has made you well. Faith in Jesus and his promises produces healings. In, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, I love this. It says, he who comes to God must first believe that he is, right? Believe he's the Lord and Savior of us all. Believe he's a healer. You got to believe that he's a healer. And then it goes on to say, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So it's not enough just to believe who he is. You also got to believe that he wants to reward you. He's not the God of Miss Janet. He's not the healer of Miss Janet. He's the healer of Richard. You get that? The healer of Maureen, the healer of John. He wants to reward you. And when we we learn these things, we open ourselves up to, to numerous possibilities. So life change happens in the application. And then here's the other thing that's not on your notes. I love that. In in the scripture, it says, she said to herself, if I can get to Jesus, I will be made well. Can I encourage you? Check your inner dialogue. If your inner dialogue is, oh, this is painful. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Oh, I don't want to deal with it. Your inner dialogue needs to be that Jesus is at work in my body, bringing about healing. When I get to church today, I'm going to hear a word that's going to bring about healing. Change that inner dialogue. Why? Because it it helps your faith. It helps your action. It helps you in in, in your journey. Second story is found in Luke 13, 10, 13. It is about a woman with a spirit of infirmity. Uh, Starting in verse 10, it says, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called to her 
called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Verse 12, when Jesus saw her, he called to her. I love that. He called to her. Have you ever been in a place where you're like, I don't know if the Lord even cares, if he even cares about this situation? I have. In Psalm 94, 9, it says, he who formed the eye, shall he not also see? He sees everything. He knows exactly where you are. He knows what you're dealing with. But again, let me encourage you. Make it a point to make a place for the Lord in your life. Because it's very important. It says she dealt with this for 18 years. But on that day, she was in the same place where Jesus was. Psalm 73, 28 says, It is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God and made him my refuge, that I may tell of all of your works. So we want to get close to the Lord in any way that we can. Any way that we can. You know, there was a time when I, when I first started on my journey, when I would sleep and my Bible would be in the bed because I wanted to be close to God. Hey, it was me trying to put action in my faith into action. But then I began to open that Bible and get his word on the inside of me, spend time with him. And there's many ways you can do that. You can do it reading the scriptures. You can do it in prayer. You can do it in sitting in solitude and just focusing on the Lord. You can do it in worship, whatever. Make time for the Lord and draw near to him. And then Psalm 1611, it says, In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures evermore. You want to be in the presence of the Lord. Because in his presence, there's a lot of good things. You know, I've told this story, and I'm a storyteller for those of you who don't know me. I've told this story of, of you know, when I first met my, my mother's father, my grandfather, about when he came to town, and he came to town bearing gifts for me, my sister, and my three cousins. Only when he got, to, when he got into town, he only had four gifts for five children. And um, I'm a giver, and so I kind of just stepped back and my sister and my cousins took all of the, and it was the old boom boxes, and they were all brand new, and they took them, and they took off, and they ran off, and they left. And so I thought, you know, well, it's all right. I said, you know what? I want to get to know who this guy is. So for the rest of the day, I sat at his feet and, and really just asked questions and got to know him and wanted to know who he was. And in the process of all of this, he was a smoker, and so... Um, as the day went on, he wanted some cigarettes, and so he asked me if I'd walk down to the convenience store and get him cigarettes, and I said, sure. So he gave me a $100 bill. I went down there, and at the time, cigarettes were a dollar and something, came back, gave him his cigarettes, gave him his change back. He said, no, keep the change. So it was like $90-plus of change. So okay. So sat back down, and he began to tell more stories and talk to me about who our family was and where we came from, and somehow this man went through a whole pack of cigarettes and said, I need some more cigarettes. Would you go to the convenience store? Yes, sir. He gave me another $100 bill. I went down the street, came back with the cigarettes, tried to give him the money back. He says, no, keep the change. So now I have well over $100. This went on for four times. I was rich. But I sat by him all day long in his presence. And I cleaned up that day. But that wasn't my intent. I just wanted to get to know him. I just wanted to spend time with him. 
And while I got to know who this man was, while I learned a lot about who I was through him, he also ended up blessing me with something that was far unexpected. Guys, can I tell you, when you spend time with the Lord and put your focus on him, you will walk away every time blessed beyond measure. Make time for the Lord and watch what he'll begin to do in your life in the days ahead. And final story here, Jesus forgiving the paralytic. Luke 5, uh, 17 through 26. It says, now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by. Uh, Verse 18, jump down. It says, then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst of in the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to, to them, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies and who can forgive sins but God alone? But then Jesus perceived their thoughts. He answered them and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he arose up before them, took up what he had been lying on and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear and saying, we have seen strange things. So God healed this paralytic man. In verse 17, uh, here, as you read verse 17, it, it goes on, it says at the bottom, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. When you get into the presence of God in a service, in a class like this, when you're reading your Bible in your own personal time, anytime you're spending with the Lord, the power to heal you is present. Understand that. You don't have to wait until Sunday or Wednesday. God can heal you at home. God can heal you during break time. Anytime you're spending with the Lord, the power to heal is present. Keep your faith up. Every time I get into the scriptures, I'm like, Lord, I know you have something for me. I approach it just like after that day I met my grandfather. Every time he came back to town, I had an expectation. I'm like, man, I hope he gives me $100, you know, (laughs) because I knew that there was benefits to spending time with this man. It's the same way. When you open the scriptures, when you come to church, When you come to class, Lord, I can't wait. What do you have for me today? Lord, what are you going to speak to me today? Lord, how are you going to change my life today? Get an expectation on the inside. Go back to your youth or look at your children or your grandchildren. You know, I remember my kids were little and we would say we're going to Disney World. There was an expectation because they knew it was something great coming their way. Approach God the same way and watch what begins to happen in your life. You want him to be in an environment where the word of God is being taught correctly. There is healing power in God's word. Psalm 107.20 says he sent his word to heal them. The word's been sent to heal us. The word has been sent to heal us. Think about it. Most of us have grown up and the mindset is, is when you have a boo-boo or a scratch or a cut or something, you get a Band-Aid or Neosporin, right? Or alcohol or peroxide or whatever. That, that's built in our brains that when you get cut, go get the alcohol. When you get cut, go get the Band-Aid. When you get cut, 
get the Neosporin. Well, we need to, to imprint it upon our hearts and our heads that when we get a diagnosis, go to the word. When we get bad news, go to the word. When we feel a pain, go to the word. Does that make sense? The word of God has been sent to heal us. Verse 18 says, men brought a man who was paralyzed to lay before Jesus. We've, we've got to, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way, we've got to get rid of every excuse. Well, I can't, I can't spend time with the Lord because of my job. Get up earlier, stay up later, or, or make your lunchtime, your time, whatever. Find a way. These men found a way. They found a way. And God blessed their effort. If you find a way, God will bless your effort. When I was coming to healing class, I was working 18 to 20 hours at the company that I was working for. But I knew I couldn't, that wasn't sustainable. I couldn't continue doing that because I was going down a dark path. In fact, during that season of my life, uh, my doctor had done these different calculations and somehow he said, you're depressed. And so he gave me all these medications and everything. And I had a bag full of medications and my wife was like, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't want to do that. So I guess I need to trust God. And in that season of my life, I said, you know what? I'm not at a place where I can do this alone. So I've got to plug in somewhere where other people can help me in my faith area. And I came to healing class. I would sit in the back corner. Miss Janet, Miss Joy would give a great message. They would say amen. And I would shoot out the door because I didn't want to talk to any of y'all. But I was consistent. I was faithful. And week after week, my faith began to grow. And the things that were weighing me down, the things that would come and sit on me, they didn't have the same effect anymore. Why? Because his word now was getting on the inside of me. It was started here, but now it was here. And then one day came where I stopped running out of the door. I even started smiling at people. <laughs> what was going on? God's word was healing me on the inside, guys. I held on to that bag of pills for many years, and finally we threw them away. But I, didn't, I never took one. Why? Because I made a decision that I was going to try and trust God. And God proved true in my life. We've got to try and trust God. We've got to get rid of every excuse. And if we put forth the effort, God will bless us. Verse 19, it says, when they could not find a way to get in, they found a way. And in verses 20 through 26, Jesus saw their faith and he healed them. We have a God who's faithful. We have a God who loves us. We have a God who wants to do great and mighty things in our lives. But we've got to make a decision to come up close to him. So let me challenge you guys today whether it's scriptures we have outside, whether it's something that you have marked in your Bible, from tonight until next week, find one scripture on healing that you can begin memorizing. One scripture. It could be one of the ones I gave you tonight. It could have been one of the ones that Miss Jory and Miss Janet shared in the weeks prior. But one scripture and begin to memorize it. Get it on the inside of you. And watch what God begins to do in your life. Amen?
Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you that you're going to do great and mighty things in our healing journey and in our bodies in the days ahead. We praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.